Welcome to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur de Marmion. On our program, we explore the ancient, current, and future modalities that are used in sound therapy and vibrational healing. We share information that is vital for a new paradigm of thinking and being to embrace vibration important for healing illness and disease. And now, here is your host, Mur de Marmion. Greetings and welcome, it's Mur, and welcome to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration. And today I have a really wonderful show for you with an incredible guest. His name is Randy Masters, and Randy is a harmonic mathematician and researcher. He's a multidisciplined alchemist, multi-instrumentalist and musician and music teacher designer of sacred geometry and sound products, and I think the list goes on. So welcome, Randy. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. I'm excited. Thank you. Oh, hi. Good to hear you. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Wow. So it's it's funny. I was on Google last night. I was doing a Google search for under sound, and I can't remember exactly what I was searching for, but I... All of a sudden, your uh, spot on the Blog Talk radio show that I did back in 2009 popped up. All right. I know, right? And so I got, to, read, and well. I got to listen to that. <laughs> and it was funny because in your intro, it's pretty much what you're, you probably will be sharing a lot of this. Um, you talked about your... Your background, it's fascinating and how you moved into research and development. You have such a, a really wide and varied background in, in music and composition, performance, recording, instruction, alchemy, and mathematic harmonics. Can you, or harmonic mathematics, can you, um, can you share your journey into what you're doing now and also share a little bit about what harmonic mathematics is. Basically, I am looking at uh, and passionate about looking at the patterns of creation. And I started doing that with music and then I began to branch out into other areas. And what I began to see and more and more for years is that there are harmonic patterns in common with all these different areas that are actually governed by uh, the laws and principles of music, mm-hmm. even in areas that are not music. And it would include light and um, areas of, you know, everything, the periodic table of elements. I've gone into physics and some quantum physics and biology, many different things, and a lot of it's about pattern recognition, and I see patterns, and I've gone to the nth degree at looking at harmonic relationships. And so the math is actually pretty simple. It's mm. uh, not really um, complex, but it's detailed. And mm-hmm. there's lots of minute things to look at within that. And I have, a, I have developed a flair and had a flair for doing that, looking at patterns. I did that in uh, understanding music and analyzing music and looking for the patterns and then being able to teach about those patterns like in music theory or whatever type of music. Right. So I'm applying okay. the same kind of consciousness 
than I did all along in my life looking at music, but looking in other areas. And then I've really gotten into math way more than most musicians get into math, you know, even at very high degrees of playing and performing or writing. They don't always go into the math places that I'm going into. So it's mm-hmm. really fun. So it's pattern recognition, and um, what the bottom line is that across disciplines, there are patterns, and these patterns are mathematical and numerical, and they're governed by the same laws and principles of music. That's really what it is. Wow. So you started in music when you were very young. I can't remember mm-hmm. your background. Yeah, like maybe, you know, two or three years old, I uh, had my oh, wow. drum set as a kid. <laughs> you know, and then I started formal training like in the fourth grade. Uh, mm-hmm. Before that, I just played around. Nice. Uh, and then, you know, every so often it was time to add a new musical instrument. So I would do that. And then I began to perform on lots of different instruments and uh, write music and arrange music. And, of course, teaching it helped me look for patterns. The teaching helped me stay in tune with looking deeply into things and then finding out how how can I convey this to somebody in a meaningful way. So right. I, I credit a lot to all the years of teaching, to disciplining me, to develop a, a way of looking at things because I want to then share it. So I'm always, anything I find, well, how can this be shared? And that's, that runs my uh, life in a, in a very big way. And so I'm doing all uh, kinds of different research, tremendous variety of things. I can I appreciate that because you've been very patient with me as I've trying to wrap my brain around what you're talking about. <laughs> but on some level, I get it. In the schools, even the universities, and you can get very high degrees, PhDs in music, and not know anything about what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The music of the mm-hmm. spheres aspect, the musical patterns of reality, um, at least for our in our universe, that's not what the courses are teaching and yet to me that's life 101 in the universe is to know these things Mm -hmm. would they teach that in in a in a science degree do you know Um, i'm just curious you get it in and i did in in college by taking a physics of sound class taught by one of the university physicists who had interest and background in music and you get things like that and that was good. Mm-hmm. That was very important for me, and I've gone really, really deep with that, but not in the traditional music department at all. Mm-hmm. So, so what's the difference between sound and music? Well, uh, basically, I look at, if I'm going to use the word music in the definition, it's about the organization of it. And okay. that could be the rhythmic organization. It could be melodies, the sequence of notes and the intervals, the distances between the notes called intervals, and how that fits in the form, different sections and phrases, and you know, all of that is structured, whether it's spontaneous, intuitive, or thought out, depending on the performer and composer's intellect and how that intellect um, interfaces with their creative process, some mm-hmm. more than others. Um, so... Uh, sound can be anything. I mean, you can just the thunder. You know, people don't, don't generally call thunder music. No. However, um, I did hear a recording done, uh, I think, at MIT, where they slowed thunder down, and it sounded like 
a cello and maybe a bassoon playing oh. avant-garde 20th century concert music, like things you wow. might think of. Musicians like Stravinsky and Ligeti. I mean, there's just lots of uh, very uh, advanced and avant-garde and intellectually trained composers. And uh, it was fascinating, the patterns. That, and if I had gotten a couple of, uh, of my uh, symphonic friends who were virtuosos on their instrument, they could improvise. If I played the thunder music to them, they would be able to get what's going on and improvise and continue playing in a similar way. The patterns might not be mathematically exact, but they would, could get into the zone and play in that type mm-hmm. of way. And it was fascinating as the people who have heard um, the cricket sounds that were slowed down. I don't remember, oh, yeah. remember how many octaves. And then those cricket sounds sound like a choir of women's voices singing, you know, three or four chords that you could get just playing with the white keys on the piano, the most common possible chords in a major key. It was amazing. And, and, and you don't, we don't hear it that way when we listen to crickets. But when it was slowed yeah. down, I mean, it was all music. Uh, actually, chord it was beautiful. That yeah, you would get it was beautiful. Yeah, it was. Oh, so I'm, you know, excited to get research and uh, to look at from other creatures and play with the sounds and listen to it in different octaves and find. I even heard as I was pursuing this that they've done uh, research with sound in the oceans and they find that all kinds of fish are making music. Oh. Wow. Music. So what would that mean, according to your question, not just making sounds, but some kind of an organization with melodies and rhythmic patterns and maybe several notes combined together, make chords, uh, um, independent melodies that interact off of each other in a way like counterpoint, you know? Um, Wow. That's really fascinating. That's really fascinating. So there's a lot of... Um, sounds in nature that if they get certain kinds of organizations, many people would decide that to call that music rather than just a, a series of sounds. You know, the, mm-hmm. the NASA recordings from the uh, atmospheres around the different planets and the rings of Saturn and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. There's all kinds of movement in that. And it is sound, but there are structures, and those, enough of those structures. And that's not only structuring the notes that we would hear, the rhythms and such, but also structuring the silences. That's a really important part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I remember hearing online about, um, on the Internet, uh, somebody recorded or took a slice of a, te- a tree trunk and used a laser and played it like, a, like an LP. And oh, wow. it was music. It was music. Yeah. It was incredible. It's so funny you said that because I was just about to say that some research that I've gotten recently, it was talking about um, trees communicating sounds in their roots. Right. Now, now, I would have to hear more of it to go back to your question about when, you know, like when is it music and when is it sound, but that the trees are communicating in the root system with sound frequencies that can be measured. And the mm-hmm. most common, well, the range is between 200 hertz and 300 hertz. So 200 hertz is a G sharp, and 300 hertz is a D sharp. And um, so just in that 
range there of, a, of an interval of a fifth, the perfect fifth, three over two, between those two frequencies. In that zone, um, they were communicating, and the most common tone that they picked up, different kinds of trees and such, was 220 hertz, which mm-hmm. that's very interesting given uh, all of the controversy going on around using A440. So an octave lower uh, than A440 would be A220, and there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of talk for different reasons and categories about 432 being an important A and why, and there's a push to try to reestablish 432. But and mm-hmm. I would have you now if the trees were communicating like 216 or or so on, which bees do, honeybees have been uh, uh, measured at with that frequency, and Rosalind Chapel in Scotland is tuned to a 432. And there's a whole lot of stuff about bees relative to Rosalind Chapel. And the whole chapel is harmonically and musically tuned and not mm-hmm. random either. It's very specific notes. So I think there's a lot of things in, in nature that certain adepts have heard and um, others who have studied. And I'm very interested in people being able to understand the musical, organi- the musical organization um, of the universe. So that's really my forte. We're getting, we're at, believe it or not, we're coming up on our first break here in just a, like 30 seconds or so. But um, one thing I wanted to share, um, well, let's just go ahead and take a break now, and then we'll come back and, and don't lose your train of thought. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you have audacious faith for your business? We help you to learn more about stepping out on faith to brand your business and yourself in today's crowded competitive marketplace. Is your marketing plan in order? How do you set yourself apart? Audacious Faith for Your Business with host Dawn Jordan-Jones will teach you the methods that can make yourself and others aware of who you are. Audacious Faith for Your Business is broadcast live every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in and see your hard work pay off. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
listening to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Murr DeMarmian. To find out more about us and the program, please visit creativedivinestudios.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. This is Murr. Welcome back to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration. And we have our special guest, uh, Randy Masters. And we've been talking about harmonics and Randy is talking about how trees communicate with each other. And um, I wanted to share before we, we move on, Randy, that I saw a, an article recently on some website, I can't remember what it was, that in a forest of trees, of live trees, if there is one that is dead or dying, the other trees send this tree energy to try and keep it alive. And they've measured the sound. They've measured this energy, and it has a sound. Yeah, I've heard that. And uh, they support, like, even different species, not just a sequoia Mm -hmm. tree to other sequoias, but somehow they care about each other uh, interspecies-wise, which I think is really neat. Yeah, I do too. There's ways of putting probes in soil, for instance, and uh, Michael Thero did this with Borderland Sciences years ago and put out a recording, and uh, you could hear philodendrons talking to each other. And what I was struck by, I mean, you could hear the sounds. It's not like sounds you put on while having dinner or something. It was not pleasant in that way. But uh, there was an emotional component to it that was really surprising to me. The, the, the emotion that the, I'm interpreting it as emotion, at least, that these plants were communicating with each other with the sounds. And he picked it all up by putting probes in the soil around the plant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing, um, I was actually on someone's website, a woman who was doing research on that, and she's actually putting something on the leaves and picking up sound that way. It was really interesting. And it, it's it's more musical, more musical than sound. So that mm-hmm. was pretty that was pretty. Well, amazing. they're doing work on this at Damon Hurl in Italy, that uh, mm. whole colony, so to speak, over there, whatever they call it, that has a lot of advanced technology, and they're doing research with sound with plants. So I think... Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have another recording from... Uh, shaman from the Ecuadorian rainforest and the title is uh, Songs the Plants Taught Us and the shaman would listen to the sounds and maybe songs from different plants and they would learn how to use the plants what part of the plant to use whether to heat it ingest it do something to it all of that detail that's pretty amazing communicate that's With pretty sound. amazing. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's amazing. That's wonderful. Well, the expression like here. sound, mind, and body, I mean, it's a very important thing to think about. Right. Well, right, especially with all the research that's going into ayahuasca right now and being used for trauma mm-hmm. and things like that and CBD, a CBD oil from cannabis, it's really pretty amazing. Let's switch gear for gears for just a minute. I want to touch on the music of the spheres, and it's it's a really broad subject, and we don't need to get too far in it. But I've heard you explain it as the sounds of creation, 
And that's pretty much, I think, how I've experienced it in small amounts. How, how do I we begin to... I that's the loosest, simplest definition. Uh, <laughs> that's my definition. That's all-encompassing. <laughs> you know, it's not just about the sounds from the planets, which have all kinds of sounds, and they've been measured. Lots of them have been measured in the sun and so on. And because they're spherical or spheroids or whatever, you know, it gets to be pretty obvious for people who associate music of the spheres thinking of planets. But it's also cells, how sound is under the microscope, as well as out there, let's say, with the telescope, two different extremes, like in, in terms of the scale. And I see the same things occurring in cell behavior as with planets in orbits and atomic uh, orbits and spins and all of that type of thing. And then eventually it gets down to basically the sonics of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, independent well, and, you used... and beyond Sorry, any particular form. In, in the ancient world, you know, they would say music a lot of times, but I think some of the times they needed to have said vibration because something's vibrating and may not have yet um, been structured in such a way to call it music, maybe. And, well, that reminds me of... a vibration. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of the ancient Egyptians and their use of the sistrum, yeah. which was just a repetitive banging, really, of the symbols or whatever it was that comprised that. Yeah, maybe the rhythmic patterns that they played. And uh, the, the rhythm of those patterns, the speed, which is something that's in common with shamanic drumming, one of the goals of a lot of types of shamanic drumming is rhythms at a certain rate that drive you into different brainwave states, especially right. theta. You know, it's like the, some people will call it theta drumming or shamanic theta drumming, where several drummers are all beating exactly at the same rate for a certain period of time and long enough to create entrainment in the listener. And then that can drive them into uh, shamanic, both in-the-body and out-of-body experiences through the rhythm, not not Mm -hmm. necessarily just the frequency of the tone of the drum or a log drum or a skin drum or whatever kind of drum it's made, but actually the rhythmic pattern. I have friends uh, doing that work with uh, I Ching patterns, and they drum as a group the different trigrams and, and hexagrams uh, out of the I Ching. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very powerful. Very, very I powerful. Have my landlord's here where I'm, sta- where I'm living, they are sh- she's shamanic. She's a shamanic um, practitioner, and she dr- leaves, leads shamanic journeys every Wednesday night, and I've been going, and that makes total sense because I've been thinking, you know, I've drummed, a lot all through my years, but I don't understand understand the patterns. But you just made the link to me to the brain states. Well, that totally, in it. yeah, that totally makes the sense to me. Including psychotropic effects and such, depending mm-hmm. on what the brain state is and mm-hmm. what the brainwave window is. Very particular ones, and when in certain tribes in Africa where they're dancing like for days on end sometimes without stopping, you know, they're actually like put into a field, a sonic, a field is created, a sonic field that holds them in certain wavelengths so their body and their physiology can keep going. And there are certain bell patterns that they play that can hold them 
in their body, and including when they invite other entities to come into their body. There's certain kind of drumming patterns and metal bell patterns and shakers and rattles and things. And actually, the uh, shakers and, and the rattles are often used in what they call uh, a zero-point tool. And I have an American Indian healer talk to me about that. And I said, well, what's the rattle really all about? He says, he's creating a zero-point, meaning he's creating a zone that suspends the beliefs so that the person has an opportunity to be different and to change and not be stuck in their pattern. So they're like oh, floating wow. in, a, in this uh, stillness. And then wow. change can take place. And he says, this is what I'm using the rattle for and why I use it. Wow. Yeah, deep. That is really deep. And, and yeah, wow. That sort of goes along with maybe like chant, repetitive chant, and specific sounds and tones like like a specific rhythm of striking a Tibetan or crystal bowl repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing with chants, um, well, there's repetition, and how many repetitions, so you even get into sacred numbers, like mm-hmm. Tara chants, well, they'll do it 108 times or 108 beads in the mala bead. And, you know, when they do prayers, they do 108 prayers. And they also, they do a prayer for each one of the meridians in the body in the system where they're counting 108 meridians in that system. Mm-hmm. Then you also get the meaning of the words in different languages. And then you get different ways of pronouncing the syllables, the vowels and consonants. And a big part of it is in the vowel sounds because the vowel sounds will produce overtones and undertones that are the, really the sonic reality. And if somebody is trained and the, and the person chanting is in a certain consciousness, the harmonic content of the chant can be different than, let's say, a layperson who really doesn't, might not even know what the word means. And mm-hmm. by ear is imitating and trying to pronounce it. But it's not does not have the mastery over the overtones and undertones. And to do that, there's a certain kind of training and what to do with your mouth and your tongue and the whole acoustic cavity of the mouth and the teeth and the bones, plus the consciousness, plus the visualizations. Mm-hmm. So they found many deceased Tibetan monks, and they'd examine the inside of their skull and there would be an image of the deity that they meditated on in their life and did mantras for, engraved like laser engraved on the inside of the skull up near the third eye area. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So the power of the visualization, the brain state that they're in, uh, the repetition of the mantra, the vowel sounds, and certain sounds there, uh, literally doing the engraving with thought, sound, visualization, and synchronizing all of those together. It's extremely mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... So they that say is in really, a lot of languages I, I, no. that you, know, you can't pronounce. You're not supposed to say the sacred name of God, for instance. Well, right. what they really mean by that, it's not because it's a, a religious taboo in that belief structure. It's that no matter how many times you say it, the saying of it is not producing and accessing that reality in the full way. But when you tone it, the overtones and the undertones create a sonic hologram. And then 
now you're able, you can, in other words, you can sing it and tone it, but you don't just pronounce it because it's not going to have all the inner chemistry and the actual alchemy of the sound. Mm-hmm. And the alchemy of the sound is both the intention plus the overtones, the undertones, and the rhythm of the, the rhythmic pattern and what, what rate that you're chanting and the number of repetitions when you chant. I mean, it goes on and on depending on how deep amounts of alchemy you want to invoke or uh, to stack different correspondences to make what you're doing even more powerful than you might imagine. We have um, one minute to our next break. Believe it or not, we need like a whole three hours for this conversation, I think. <laughs> but I want to share your website. I want to tell people about your amazing website because they can go online and they can look at all of your amazing tuning forks and your jewelry, your uh, your gemstones, which are cut to specific frequencies and and everything. Anyway, you can you can visit Randy's um, website at universalsong.net and he has a contact page where you can uh, with an email and a I think there's a phone number your your voicemail yeah, is on there too mm-hmm. but I and really can ask encourage, questions yes. you know and email me cuz I specialize in custom made products and everything is made to order so the prices aren't up there yet uh, because it takes time to make things, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of requirements in the making it. And some things are not made during certain, you know, moon cycles and Mercury retrogrades and things like All that. Right. Okay, <laughs> we'll be right back. Hold that, hold that thought, and we'll be right back. And so, stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you keep past regrets, hurt, pain, and disappointment with you for years or even a lifetime after the experiences? Feel free to clear the air and express yourself as a creative, intuitive, and powerful woman. Listen to Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back with host Andrea Lewis. Andrea and her guests will show you that whatever happened in your past, it doesn't have to define you. Get ready to bring joy back into your life. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Our life takes a series of unexpected detours as we move along our journey. We can choose to accept these detours as something negative, or we can choose to create a learning experience where we can turn a tragedy or unexpected turn in life into something that can help others. To learn more, tune in to Embrace the Unexpected with host Bernadette Butler. In the program, you'll learn how she and others were able to turn setbacks into positives. Listen live Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Do you sometimes feel powerless over your own life? Does it seem like you're living for someone else, unsure of what your purpose is, or if you even have an important voice? It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur DeMarmia. To find out more about us and the program, please visit CreativeDivineStudios.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. This is Mur. Welcome back to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration. We are having a really fascinating uh, conversation. I don't want it to end. (laughs) We're with Randy Masters and we're talking about everything about sound and frequency and vibration. I mean, truly. Um, So, Randy, let's let's fast forward to the language of light. Um, This term is used a lot in different circles and in different ways. Um, Form, sound, light, color, geometry, and also an elevated form of uh, communication. Can you talk about this and and let you know just share your perspective and and your knowledge on this? Well, I think that all of those categories that you mentioned, you know, you have sound and uh, and color and shapes, shape resonances. Um, we have actually movement as well and posture and ways of moving the body that are making different kinds of communications that could be considered language of light. I do feel that a lot of people use the term loosely. Many people saying that, I don't feel really know that they know much about what they're saying. It's kind of a Mm -hmm. catch-all phrase. Mm -hmm. And I hear uh, a lot of... um, People talking to each other say, well, we're just doing light language. And it's, to me, often a little babbly. And I've actually asked friends to stop doing it because I don't understand Mm -hmm. what they're saying. There may be a a feeling that's being communicated, but it's Mm -hmm. not like a collective where on a conscious level we know what's going Mm -hmm. on. And um, that doesn't mean that all worthy communications have to be conscious. But... um, I found a lot of people jumping on that and talking as if they're from different planets and such. And I asked, well, what are you really saying? And neither of them, I don't think when they're being honest, really understands that they're just doing it. Hmm. That's, you know, I, and I can't judge all of it. It's just for myself. I, mm-hmm. I don't often find that I've really received a communication. So what's the point there? Well, well there's vibration in there for sure. And there mm-hmm. are uh, emotional expressions, there are dynamics, or volume, um, the words or syllables, and the vowel sounds have harmonic content. So mm-hmm. many of the things that, uh, in terms of light language that I was talking about with sacred chanting, can be included, and somebody can even be uh, chanting in a language. I had uh, a few uh, healers working with me one time, and... Uh, white buffalo calf woman came through and mm. one of the healers started speaking American Indian languages and in her daily life she knows nothing about that. What wow. they are, what tribe, nothing. Just a mile an hour and uh, white buffalo calf woman was wanting some help on something from me. You know, well, from whatever dimension that she was in. 
And I thought that was really fascinating. And I could feel that, yeah, that's definitely an American Indian language, and it was not a language that my lifetime, this time, I'm not conscious of it. Maybe I had an incarnation where I was in that tribe, and mm-hmm. I spoke that. You know, those things can get very interesting to follow up on and try to get meaningful communication. Um, right. So um, this also shapes like on cave paintings that they found the prehistoric paint, uh, caves around, especially in France, Alaska region, other areas where in looking at the drawings, uh, the observer can get sound from them by the way the drawings are done. It's not just a two-dimensional rock art on the wall of a cave. It actually evokes sounds of the animals. The wavelengths of the sounds are etched into the drawing of the animal, let's say it's a bison or a, uh, you know, whatever kind of uh, animal it is. That's fascinating because then wow. it starts to overlap and, and, and communication, sound communications are derived from a two-dimensional drawing or pictogram or something like that. Mm-hmm. I believe the crop circles are working in that way. And, of course, they also exist in other dimensions when you start studying the crop circles and making models from them in the computer or whatever and uh, taking the two-dimensional, apparent two-dimensional look of the crop circle and turning it into three dimensions, there's um, additional communications and shapes. In other words, it's revealing a greater light language that then is taking on at least a three-dimensional look rather than a two-dimensional pictogram. And so... Um, I do believe in interdisciplinary blends of light and sound and shapes, and I believe that certain shapes give off different resonances and harmonics and sounds and um, from the shape, and that's why they are the shape that they're in, because it's part of the acoustic design and part of that, and also the materials. So, you know, the ancient Egyptians, for instance, depict that culture, made a lot of interesting artifacts, everything from the sarcophagus in the king's chamber made of two different kinds of granite, and the walls a different material, the obelisks made out of different material, for the way the buildings or the artifacts absorb sound or amplified sound or act, acted as transmission towers, like the obelisks and doing that type of thing, um, and columns around different uh, temples, um, that are harmonic and tuned, that every one of the columns is tuned to a different fundamental musical tone. Mm, I remember wow. striking one of the um, obelisks that was laying on, laying on its side up on a wooden stand in Egypt, striking it with my fist, and it gave off a note. And now here is solid granite uh, obelisk, solid stone, that I would not have thought there would be any any tone from that, just a thud. And it actually gave off a bell tone. I think it was a B-flat note, by the way. In other words, well, how did that happen? That opens up some very deep questions about the nature of sound. And something, and I know that um, male voices, for instance, were used, like in Stonehenge and other places, to activate the stone because there were the volume of a male voice and what range the male voices were in. It was not... um, trying to eliminate the female voices being used, but it took a certain volume and strength and a certain register 
and it would literally vibrate the stones at the sacred site. And I've mm. heard in ancient times that the stones would even light up and actually emit light, and that could be observed. They would be wow. lit up through sound, and then they would, the, the sacred site would glow. I mean, this very advanced use of sound for igniting something and igniting the sounds in the material and whatever the wall, I mean, when, like, for instance, why is the sarcophagus in the king's chamber in, in Giza made, the ends are one type of granite and the sides are another type of granite? They really knew material. They knew why they put it together that way and what it could do and what it was used for. And they understood stones and the consciousness of stone way beyond uh, mostly what's understood in today's world. Hmm. In other words, they could talk to the stones. And I often use the expression stones and tones in my uh, classes. That's Same really letters, fascinating. But uh, there's reasons for that. Some are amplifying, some reflect it, uh, the sounds back. Some take a whisper, and you can hear it all over an amphitheater because the amphitheater was so acoustically designed that you could whisper on stage and everybody could hear you. Fascinating, deep knowledge of sound and material and the music of the spheres, and and I think even linking back into uh, light language because of the harmonic content that the sounds are evoking. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who spent some time in the um, the Great Pyramid, and she said that she wasn't in there very long, but she could hear voices and sounds and tones, and she wasn't sure where they were coming from, but she said they were... It was definitely harmonic. Well, I think they come out of the dimensions, and the stones can hold those tones, and they can be evoked uh, or unless the uh, entities want to come present. Uh, when I was in there on one of my journeys that I co-led in Egypt, laying in the sarcophagus, um, making sounds more than mm. any sacred particular syllables or Sanskrit or something like that. I was just really tuning to the acoustics of the room and playing with it with my voice. Mm-hmm. And then all of the electricity in the pyramid went out. And, mm-hmm. um, and then this light, electric white light formed on the ceiling. Uh, all from that chanting. And that, that existed for quite a while. Now, I didn't know that that was going to occur. And I've heard a lot of stories of different people um, making sounds and uh, including having the stone ceilings open up. Not like they're on a hinge. I mean, they just literally disappeared. And they could see mm-hmm. the stars. Whereas when most people in a, uh, some other, let's say, more normal brain state, look up at the ceiling, they see a stone ceiling, and that's all. But with the right sounds, all of a sudden that stone ceiling was transparent, and they could see the mm-hmm. stars. I thought that was really interesting. That is really cool. You, you're not going to believe this, but this, we're, we've know? come to the end of our um, show, at the end of our segment. I, we could go on and on and on. <laughs> but you said that you might come, you might be able to come back in March. Absolutely. Okay, we can delve in deeper at you. that yeah. time. <laughs> thank you for having thank me. Thank you I for really sharing all this and and. Um, 
everyone be sure to check out Randy's um, website at universalsong.net. It is amazing. I just got a set of uh, Divine Feminine tuning forks, which are really incredible. And I'm very grateful. Thank you, Randy, for that. And our next adventures. Uh, Our next adventures. Ongoing. (laughs) Yes. But thank you so much. I really, really appreciate um, all of this information and taking the time to to pop in and, and share your immense wisdom and experience. And I look forward to doing it again very soon in March. And I'll be in touch and we'll be in touch. And thank you again so much. Really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks to everybody on the radio program for doing the technical work, too. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break and say stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For so many years, adults and teens have experienced a breakdown in communication. It doesn't have to be like this. Listen for Tools for Teen Transformation with Lily Williams. Coach Lily and her guest will tackle subjects like bullying, self-esteem issues, teen pregnancy, substance abuse, and more. It's all about getting teens and the adults in their lives to think differently. You could save a teen's life. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Murr DeMarmian. To find out more about us and the program, please visit CreativeDivineStudios.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. This is Murr. And I swear, I go into, I'm just rapt attention when I, when I listen to, to Rand talk. He is just, has so much information and he's done so much research and it's just so fascinating. I mean, I could, I could listen for three or four hours and I hope I get to go to one of his classes or workshops out in California soon. (laughs) 
But thanks again, Randy, for your time. And we look forward to you being back in March. More about that in a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, next week's show. We have a really unique show next week's and a kind of an experiment. And we welcome guests uh, Matthew Jaidev DePlessy, Rebecca Gregory, and Wendy Morrison. These individuals are all amazing sound healers in their own right. They all do different things, and they will each talk about their work. And we're also going to be sharing sound bites of their work. And then we are going to enter into a a little uh, sound roundtable, a discussion about sound and about about how it's healing and why it's healing and how it's being shared right now in groups, small groups and private sessions. And also talk about um, our personal experiences and ideas on how to bring this wonderful practice, which is more of a practice. It's, it's, a, it's a modality and a meditation and um, so many different things, just who we are. It's the basis of who we are. We're bringing it to greater awareness uh, for people and in ways of how to keep ourselves in tune and how to retune our earth. As we were listening to Randy talk, he was talking about the number of different ways how the the trees work with each other and how they um, they work with sound in the soil. And so clearly we have um, some tools that we can explore. So this is uh, this is going to be a really interesting um, show. So please join us next Thursday at four o'clock on this channel. Next week also, I will be sharing um, a special giveaway that I'm going to be doing just in time for Love Day. Um, this is kind of a little... Um, contest to get people thinking more inside the box about sound and how they can use it in their lives. I'm going to we'll tell you more about it and more about what um, the giveaway is. We'll be sharing more about that on Jan- uh, January 31st. And then if you are in the Asheville area, I have some really wonderful events coming up. I have open house at my new practitioner space and that's coming up February 3rd and I will be offering some mini sound sessions with with the tuning forks that Randy made (laughs) for me the divine feminine tuning forks and also a 20 minute mini sacred sound meditation and I will be giving away a full session in person full session during the um, open house as well and then in March, we are doing a really special spring equinox sound celebration here in Asheville. And we're actually going to be doing a sound mandala um, with um, everyone in a wheel around us. And my friend Wendy, Mel- uh, Wendy Morrison is joining me to play her, her gongs. And there's going to be more information on my website, um, www.creativedivinestudios.com. 
there's a subscribe box on the main page. There is a journeys to into the heart of vibration show page in the menu above. You can explore. You can get e-cards directly into your mailbox every week and keep up on these amazing episodes that we have. Um, You can also keep up on some of the other things that are going on in sound and upcoming guests too, because I have a list of all the guests on that journeys um, into the heart of vibration page. I'll share a little bit about who else is coming up on the 31st. We have a really amazing man, Tom Palladino, who is doing research with scalar energy. He has a scalar energy device and he does remote scalar uh, sessions with people. Now, I have to say, I had some really interesting health issues that I could not get to the bottom of any other way. And I did, um, I did a six-month protocol with him, and they disappeared. Those, these health issues resolved themselves. So I'm excited for him to be on the program and sharing about what he does And then on February 7th, we welcome Thornton Streeter, Dr. Thornton Streeter. He is a developer of the Biofield Viewer. He's going to be talking about our Biofield and Biofield Plasma and the Biofield Viewer and how it's being used to uh, view the, the Biofield, our energy field, as well as the chakras, real time. And you can see the before and after, the before being um, how an individual is before an energy practitioner works on them, and then the after effects. It's going to be really fascinating. And then on February 14th, we welcome Mandara Cromwell, who is going to be talking to us about cymatics. And that's going to be a really amazing um, amazing show as well. So please stay tuned. Um, on sign up to keep in touch with me. There's a lot going on. I'm going to have some uh, workshops coming up in Asheville, and also down in Savannah, Georgia, and possibly in Florida in May and June. And um, this show can this pilot continues on until April. And we will be sharing more about all of the guests that will be coming up. Randy will be coming back on March 21st. And when he comes back, I hope to delve in where we picked up, which was going to be exploring the divine feminine in sound and science and um, what he refers to as the night side of nature and the role of the divine feminine in creation. He has specific... Uh, harmonics for the divine feminine clearly since he um, created these tuning forks for me and one of the um, one of the frequencies is for the vesica pisces which if you are familiar with the flower of life it's the actual beginning circle the two circles that overlap each other um But next week, I think this is going to lay the groundwork for um, possibly some upcoming shows for later on where we have um, roundtables with uh, 
individuals who are working in um, devices such as the biofield viewer and scalar energy and cymatics and also the vibration or frequency of thought. And we have a couple of guests coming up who are going to be um, talking about their um, programs such as Access Consciousness and NLP and also plant medicine. We are going to be exploring plant medicine um, with Carlos Tanner from the uh, Ayahuasca Foundation in Peru and also Laura Logano, who is a CBD researcher. We're going to talk about um, how cannabis works and on what levels and all the different levels that it works on. So we have an awful lot coming up. I hope you stay tuned. I really appreciate um, all of the good feedback that I have received about this show. And I can't wait to hear what people think about today's show with Randy. And um, maybe next week, I think we might try to take some calls after the roundtable. We'll just see how it goes. So I'm just really excited about um, all the things that we're going to be sharing. And thank you again, Randy, for being part of this and for all your um, attention and the time you spent helping us get this show together and all of the material and your um, your kindness and thanks again to everyone and stay tuned until next week. Thank you for tuning into Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur Demarmian. We'll be back with another edition next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a good week ahead.